and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Kay Walker, a specialist midwife for mental health who works across Doncaster and Bassett Law. So thank you, Kay, for chatting to me today. Um, I want to start off and just ask you about your role. What is it that you do? Right, so I've been working since a year last February in this role and prior to that there wasn't a specialist mental health midwife in Doncaster and Bassett Law. Um, so it's a very new role. I see women who have moderate concerns with their mental health. It can be anxiety, it can be more severe mental health concerns, any lower levels of mental health, then they would continue to be seen by their own midwives, but sometimes Mm. they're for support and advice for colleagues as well. Mm. And part of the role is training colleagues and supporting them, as I've just said. I do um, some clinics in Doncaster, and I do um, a clinic in Bassett Law as well, where I can see women face to face, because um, that's better for some of these Mm. um, ladies and I do a lot over the phone as well and um, I also do some home visits depending on the need and um, what's preferable Mm. to those women. I also link in with perinatal mental health team and um, liaise with them and join their um, MDTs so um, that's really useful as well. Yeah yeah so the, the MDTs, just in case anyone's unsure of what that means, a lot of abbreviations, aren't there? Uh, yes. Uh, so that's multi, multidisciplinary meetings, that's right. isn't it? That's okay. right. Um, so you sort of have a lot of links and connections with lots of the other areas within the yes. hospitals and the trusts that you work in. Yes, yes. And do you does your work focus on those in pregnancy or after pregnancy or both? A lot of it's in pregnancy because right. that's the largest spell of time. Mm. And some of it is afterwards mm. um, although any women who required more long-term um, mental health support in the postnatal period yeah. would probably be under the perinatal mental health team okay. because you know that's what their need mm. would be mm. so it tends to be for a few weeks or up to a month after mm. they've had the babies but a lot of it is in that um, yeah. pregnancy time and if someone was in pregnancy and they did feel like actually I'm, I'm not feeling quite right I'm not sure if I need a bit of support how would they go about speaking to someone like yeah. you a lot of it is um, via the um, community midwives or they might come into triage about something mm-hmm. and they might talk to the midwives up there it can be um, the doctors in antenatal clinic mm-hmm. so a lot of it is through our own services um, through obstetrics and midwifery Mm. sometimes i'll um have referrals um from people who've been to iapt so um so if they've had any psychological input that way but Mm. they may feel that they need a different type of support so they'll um refer them on to me through that Mm. i have had women who have rung me up and said I've got a friend who's pregnant. Mm. I saw you last time. I've been yeah. telling her all about you, Kay. <laughs> so although I can't just reach out mm. um, to those women directly because that wouldn't be yeah. fair, yeah. confidentiality, I'll say, give them my number yeah. and they can contact yeah. me. And that's been done yeah. a few times. I know I've done that. Yeah, <laughs> so. um, yeah that and, and what, 
Is the difference in other trusts in other areas? Is there a K Walker in every trust? There's a K Walker <laughs> in most trusts. Yeah. Um, I know from working uh, in a different way, the Birth in Mind yeah. service yeah. that um, you already know about, um, that there's um, a midwife in most other mm. areas now. Okay. It didn't used to be. Right. All of this has been in recent years mm. because there's been a lot of um, government money into mm. the mm. Um, mental health services. Yeah. So it started through mental health and perinatal perinatal mental health and it's gradually filtered down through some midwifery services as well which is really good because we're the people who often have first contact with these ladies yeah and what about for sort of preconception is there any support there around um you know planning to conceive or fertility issues is there any sort of mental health support there at the moment i don't Mm -hmm. um do any preconception Mm. um but there is support there if they want it if they're Mm. currently under mental health teams um they can speak to them or refer them to the perinatal mental health teams so there is preconception advice there and for depending on medication and for some of the more serious mental health um illnesses then Mm. preconception advice is really crucial um so there is support there but not for myself at the moment right. yeah yeah it's just interesting to understand how it mm. it all works yeah. um and just who to ask and yeah. when to ask them yeah. when you do need that support because that's a big yeah. step isn't it and gps as well um mm. it, i know it can be difficult sometimes to contact you but it mm. is important mm. if you've got any concerns you know then talk to your gp yeah. or speak to your midwife yeah um, yeah once you're in there yeah um and, and can their midwives refer you, uh, refer an individual to you, or do they sort of give the the woman the, or the person the contact details for you? How would it work that way? It depends what she wants, really. Right. A lot of it's direct referral, because mm. we work on an electronic system. Yeah. And so if it's from midwives within our service, Doncaster Bassett Law, yeah. it's a very easy process yeah. to do. Um, but some women may want to refer themselves yeah. and my number's there. My, yeah. I have a works number. Right. So um, I always tell them that it's um, mm. not there for anything crisis because yeah. there is a crisis number for yeah. them and that my phone uh, is only turned on yeah. when I'm working. So if it's something that they um, can wait for an answer for, mm. leave me a text message mm. and I'll get back to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it if women do want to contact me directly that's fine mm. they may not want to go through the community yeah. midwife yeah. um yeah that's great i think um from just knowing my own experience and the type of person i am um i want to take some ownership yes. of things and i feel like i know it's done properly if i've done it myself yeah. um yeah. and I, I think others feel similar as well and mm. you take that step maybe to reach out for a little bit of help and sometimes you want to take back some control and maybe you being the one to send the message is yes. is what might help someone um, yeah. and in other cases it's it's you know you might need someone else to do that referral for you yeah. but it's just interesting to know it's good to know yeah. and i think it should be individual for those mm. reasons yeah um, absolutely even referral to other services there are services such as i have to where mm. women can self-refer mm-hmm. anyone can self-refer yeah and i think sometimes when we say oh we'll do that referral for you as yeah. you've just said you're taking yeah. away that i can do this that's self-control yeah, yeah. um and also, if you are always relying on someone else, like say 
things yeah. can um, get lost in the system. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. So, what got you into this work? Right. <laughs> well, I always wanted, many, many years ago, yeah. to be a psychiatric nurse. Right. And but in those days, you trained to be a general nurse first, yeah. and then um, went into a separate field if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up not going into psychiatry for various reasons and um, became a midwife, mm -hmm. which I loved from the first day of my training oh. onwards. But there was a brief spell in between where for about six years I worked in a men's prison. Right. Which was completely different. Yes. A lot of mental health input. Mm. And while I was there, I did mental health training through a distance learning right. pilot scheme. And this kind of focused my... Yeah, I want, I'm really interested in mental health yeah. again. Yeah. It never really went away, but I hadn't done that much mm. with it before then. And then I returned to midwifery, and there were pockets of mm. postnatal mm. discussion groups and, and lots of things there. So I got involved with some of those, and yeah. over the years I did a pilot with one psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, and but there was never any money for mm. a specialist midwife. Right. And then the money did come down through yeah. the source that I mentioned earlier, mm. and um, the money was finally there, and I applied for it, and yeah. here I am. Yeah, yeah. So I've that's always amazing. had that yeah. interest. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, those two worlds of working in a men's prison and a midwife, mm. almost so similar, but so different yeah. Yeah. in so many ways. And I think... Having worked there, it shows the vulnerabilities mm -hmm. um, of people yeah. and um, it really makes you appreciate mm. what some people do go through because not everybody's good, not everyone's bad yeah. and people need help in different ways yeah. and a lot of women do need mm. support with the mental health in mm. pregnancy for lots of different reasons, yeah. through pre-existing illness yeah. or illness that they find in the pregnancy alone. Yeah. And with your work now as a, a specialist midwife within mental health, when you look back on your midwifery days before you had the mental health side of it, is there anything that you think, oh, I wish I'd have done that differently, or I wish I could go back and say to myself, consider this? Yeah, the, there's lots of things. Um, not consciously, mm. but sometimes I think the way we talk to people the way we try and support people, yeah. having the knowledge of knowing where to direct people yeah. and how they can help themselves. Mm -hmm. um, because, again, as we've already discussed, when, when um, women talk about how they can, what they can do for themselves, they don't think about the more natural therapies like mm -hmm. mindfulness, breathing, yeah. relaxation. Yeah. Um, and... You know, just letting them know that these are available and how to them and how to access them, yeah. and the research behind how these things work mm. as yeah. well, because you know research has shown that mm -hmm. these therapies mm. have, in some cases, as much benefit as taking antidepressants for yeah. Um, yeah. some anxieties and depression. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know, when you started there to speak about the way that um, maybe just talking to someone. And how that can be, you know, can be taken in so many different ways. And obviously when you're a very busy midwife, 
overworked, underpaid, all of that, and you've got so many things going through your head and so many families to take care of, you know, it's hard to keep that at the front of your mind at all times, isn't it? But then I suppose now in the work that that you do, um, you can really see how maybe the tone of voice that someone says something, how that can impact an individual, um, you know, at that moment or later down the line. and and it's it's hard because we're not, no one's necessarily to blame for that because everyone's doing the best they can. It's I guess it's just that understanding and taking that time and, and training as well, isn't it? It is, and like you say, it can be something as simple as tone mm. of voice mm. or just being listened to. Yeah, I think a lot of people say to me, "I went in and they haven't even looked at me nose. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listened to." Mm-hmm truly listen to yeah. not just what you're mm-hmm. saying but how you're saying it and the yeah. meaning behind it yeah. and I think what a lot of us are frightened of is that if we really ask again mm-hmm. we've got to then know what to do mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. what's given back to us yeah. because you know I can say you know mm-hmm. are you okay mm-hmm. and we all say yeah I'm fine mm-hmm. I'm fine but are you really okay and things can mm. start spilling out, and then once they start spilling yeah. out, more and more. Yeah. But then, what do you do with that? Because it's no good, right? Thank you for telling me all of that. <laughs> I'll see you. Yeah. See you in three yeah. months' time. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not being scared to ask the question, but mm-hmm. knowing how to yeah. give the support afterwards mm-hmm. that I think is really important. Yeah. And I guess having, if you know, if you're a midwife within the the trust here, they've they've got you to rely on. Not only have the the families and the mums got you to to lean on, yeah. but you know, the other midwives who work here, if they have got a situation where they think, actually, I'm not really sure where to go or what to do with this, they have got that support with the perinatal team, with mental health midwives. So um, it's great that there are now more and more of these roles in place and and hopefully that change will filter down and we'll all start to see that more. Yeah, totally. Um, If we um, never, ever got these um, positions... Mm. We would still be there. Mm. I mean, over the years, I've still supported colleagues and they've supported me mm. with, you know, what we know we mm. do best. But it's having that training, having that time. I was a community midwife before. Mm. And as you've said, you know, mm. it's very, very busy. When you've got a certain slot to see somebody, yeah. by the time you've done everything physically and asked all yeah. the questions, and we do, and I know the community midwives do ask about mental health, mm. and and the other midwives mm. at every appointment. But mm. one, it's, do you have time to follow yeah. that up? And two, when um, women are being asked by a different person, yeah. every appointment, it yeah. becomes a routine. Yeah, yes, absolutely. yes, yes. Yeah. And do they really want to open up to get yeah. to the face? Yeah. You know, some women will open up to the midwife that they see in antenatal assessment unit yeah. every week when they come for monitoring mm. more than they would their own community midwife, more than they would for me. Yeah. Because that's the person they see and they yeah. trust because they see them so regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who mm. as long as they feel they're able to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um something that I wanted to ask you was what do you find surprising about your role or something that you maybe had an idea about and then you've gone into this role and actually you've gone, oh, that, that's not it at all. Has anything sort of shocked you or surprised you? Um, this is a question that, yeah, I, I think I struggle with because there's a lot about um, the job that does surprise me. Mm. Um, it surprises me actually about the resilience within women. Mm. Some women 
I'm, I keep saying women, but I mean them and the partners and the mm. families. They go through such a lot and mental health will become part of that or mental illness mm. will become part of that and yet they can be so resilient. Mm. But they don't always recognise it themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we start talking and we point out how much they're doing for themselves mm -hmm. and it's, well, yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And mm. it does surprise me. And I think mm. sometimes we just have to remind ourselves yeah. just how strong we can be. Yeah. And also that it's okay not to be strong yeah. at times. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I feel exactly the same. Mm. The, the resilience you see in people is just incredible. Mm. And, you know, I think we're almost, particularly as women and mothers, we have this programmed idea and expectation that, you know, we've got it all and we've got to have it all and it shouldn't feel difficult. And if it does, it means you're doing it wrong. And, you know, we never give ourselves the credit. Um, and, yeah, it's incredible. I wish everyone could see themselves through the eyes of somebody else sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think in pregnancy, mm. during childbirth, mm. I think there are times where... It's just so remarkable what our bodies mm. and our minds in turn yeah. go through. Absolutely. And yet yeah, here we all are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so something else that um, I know the Light team have asked me to ask you, and that's about the effect of COVID mm. and how the impact of COVID has um, potentially changed things um, with people reaching out or mm. more or reaching out less. Have you seen a difference there? When COVID struck, mm. I was working as a community midwife. So I saw it frontline mm. in the communities. Mm. And overnight, it came from being a midwife who had my own caseload mm -hmm. and saw women on a regular basis to actually, you get in a phone call and it could be a different midwife every time. Mm. And most of the consultation was done over the phone and they need to have a brief face-to-face yeah. -face just for observations mm -hmm. and on top of that you can't bring your partner with you you mm -hmm. can't bring your children so you have to think about childcare, and it's really 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 difficult and as midwives our hearts broke mm -hmm. for what we were putting them through mm -hmm. and the women mm -hmm. are they were just so remarkable and for some they struggled more than others mm -hmm. but there were very few, and I mean very few women who, although they didn't like it, because why would they? Mm. They understood it. Yeah. And they knew it was for everyone's protection. Mm. And again, I think mm. when you ask me about being surprised, mm. yeah, that really yeah. showed me how remarkable yeah. um, these families were. Yeah. And the partners were very much excluded mm. they couldn't come to scans they couldn't come to appointments um, and that made it really difficult and mm. you know some even remarked that they could forget at times that the partner the wife the girlfriend yeah. was pregnant yeah. because yeah. they were never there for mm. any of those appointments mm. and that's not them saying they would really forget no. but you yeah. know if they if they were excluded from everything, it was mm. as if they weren't important. Yeah. And they were. Yeah. So COVID have a, had a massive effect. Mm. Although women on the whole were coping, mm. anxiety levels mm. were rising massively. 
um, and a lot of women were struggling massively with that. Coming out the other end, and we've seen women who are going through other pregnancies again, mm. second, mm. And for some third pregnancies yeah. in pandemic times, yeah. and they've never been pregnant outside of a pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, they're just so mm. amazing. Mm. But it has affected anxiety for most mm. people. And I think when they've had the babies, we want our families around us. Yeah. And this you know, they they couldn't have the mum there with yeah. them, they couldn't have other family members or friends mm. with them. Mm. Again, when they went home, they were mm. there just them and the partner. Yeah. And that was really difficult as well because yeah. it's having a, a new baby is wonderful. It's exhausting, <laughs> it's tiring, mm. um, it brings out every emotion you can think. Yeah. And you really need friends and family to rally around with you yeah. and for you. And that couldn't happen. Yeah. So it did have a massive impact. Mm. Seeing the other end now, things yeah. are, I say they're gradually getting better. Yeah. Getting better in many ways. Yeah. Um, I think um, practices have still changed mm. because there is still a lot being done on over the phone yeah um, and some women like that some don't but there is a lot more being done face-to-face mm. -face in clinics as yeah. well yeah I think we've um, got used to being yeah. on a phone and it's quite sad really yeah um, yeah and I think when it comes to maybe discussing your own mental health it can feel sometimes a phone call where you can't see somebody's face is what you need yeah. and sometimes there's no way you're going to open up on the phone. No, no. And I find that a lot when I'm ringing women. Mm. Um, I started this job in, right in the middle mm. of the pandemic. Mm. Um, so I'm only just beginning to see what it's like yeah. outside. I'm beginning to do home visits more now right. and seeing women in their own homes. And there's some women who, after I've seen them a few times in clinic, mm. face to face, or spoke to them over the phone and... It's a case, you know, where would you feel more comfortable? I really struggle to get here. Yeah. I'm having to think about parking. I'm having to think about childcare. Yeah. Just coming to the hospital can yeah. affect me depending on what's mm. causing their anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So would you like a home visit? Mm. Oh, yeah. And it can make such a difference yeah. to um, how, how you can talk to these women and how they can talk to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, another question that I'm actually going to put you on the spot here because I've not pre-warned you about this one is um, mental health in um, people who do the job that you do and your colleagues and the people who work around you within the perinatal world. How have how has that changed through the pandemic? It has changed. Mm. I know a lot of colleagues who have struggled. Mm. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. You know? um, all these families who have taken on the anxieties, then we try and absorb it. Yeah. Um, but there's only so much we can absorb. Yeah. The I don't know about other trusts, but I know this trust in particular have been mm. very good at putting wellness packages out, and even still, you know, um, staff have access to Reiki and mm. other wellness. Mm. Um, therapies um, to help them and there's always there's um, counselling and mm. listening services mm. for staff as well if yeah. they choose to use them 
I think talking to each other as mm -hmm. well um, yeah. really helps because you know when mm -hmm. you go through the same thing together yeah like we say to other women who mm. um, we direct them to groups that they can access so yeah. they can talk to other people in circumstances then staff need that as well yeah, absolutely but it is difficult yeah. and it seems at times I'm sure to some families that why have we acted like we have done through the pandemic mm. um, and it's not because any of us want to no. it's because it's what the mm. guidance has said we need to do to try and keep everyone safe yeah. but we do acknowledge how difficult yeah. that is on people mm. yeah, and ourselves really challenging time and, and still is isn't it it is it yeah. is it is getting a lot better I went to a meeting yesterday, sat around a table, <laughs> still, you know, a bit of distance, yeah. took our masks off, and we all like, looked at yeah. each other, and it was, wow, this yeah. seems so strange. Yeah. Just sat in the room with other colleagues, mm. and you never think about it before. No. Um, no. And we're gradually getting back to that. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's No, it's all, it's all changed, isn't it? And it now find, navigating this new normal that we're living in now. That's a challenge in itself. Yeah. You'd think out, you'd slide back into yeah. it. But you second think yourself all mm. the time. Mm. So, uh, yeah, getting back to whatever the normal is going to be long term. Yeah. It, it is difficult in mm. itself. Yeah. But what I am happy about is that women can start coming mm. as a couple, as a family mm. yeah. again. Yeah. And the. Being pregnant, having a baby, and all the care around mm. that mm. should never be done on your own through no. choice or no. otherwise. No, it's uh, it's definitely a time where you need people around you, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The last question I want to ask you is: if um, someone is sat listening right now, thinking, "I don't feel quite right, and I'm not sure what to do, where to start," what advice? would you give them? If they're pregnant, then contact your community midwife. If you can't get in touch with the community midwife directly, mm -hmm. there is a number, the community hub, that um, every woman's given when she first gets yeah. booked. Um, they can contact any midwife, triage, or any, any midwife um, knows my service right. so if they want to contact me then they can go through any mm. of the um, midwives within the service if they know someone who's spoken to me <laughs> then yeah. yeah i'm more than happy for them to mm. get my number mm. um so yeah. i don't mind how people access yeah. my service as long as they do if yeah. they need to yeah. sometimes it's just a chat and we may never speak again yeah. um but they have that number there yeah. and other times it's on a regular basis right. but yeah the um numbers yeah. should be on the discharge packs or right. they can access it through the midwives okay and if they don't feel they can pick the phone up and make that call what could what could they do if they, if they don't want to talk to anybody else right now what's something that could potentially help someone who's just feeling rubbish are you thinking in pregnancy or postnatally or just any any time you know in the sort of perinatal time whether that's yeah. pregnancy or afterwards i think 
talk to somebody, mm. talk to your family, mm. whether that's your partner or other family members. Mm. I spoke to a lady just yesterday, mm. and actually the last time I spoke to her, she she was struggling. But this time when I spoke to her, things had changed a lot. And I asked her mm. what helped with that change. And she said she told her partner exactly mm. what was bothering her. And he listened. Yeah. And they started making a routine that they go out for a walk mm. and talk. Yeah. And I think you can't underestimate mm. how important it is to share how you're feeling with somebody who you trust yeah yeah so that would be a first line thing yeah. um there's things online yeah. um as you know frankie that yeah. you know people can yeah. get reputable um support and information mm. online mm. through groups or individually mm. um so there is support out there yeah. as well yeah and if they wanted to access um, support from myself mm. then there is a email address as well right yes yeah, so if they maybe thought I can write this email but I can't send it today yeah. or I'm going to write it in the notes on my phone I'm not even going to put it in a draft email and, yeah. and maybe take those steps slowly but they could then send that email rather than yeah. say it all out loud which can feel yeah. difficult it's quite daunting isn't it yeah. um, to try yeah. and sit there and open up your heart or mm. these emotions that are very strange and very mm. conflicting and yeah. really hard to just mm. pick your phone up and tell yeah. somebody but yeah put it in an email mm. yeah that's great that's great thank you so so much for taking the time to chat to me today I've really appreciate it and I, I think it's going to be really helpful for anyone listening who you know they might know about this service and they might not I think it's really great all the work that you do um so yeah thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to On A Lighter Note podcast, brought to you by Light, a pre- and postnatal peer support charity covering Sheffield, Rotherham, Doncaster and the surrounding areas. If you feel you'd like to learn more about Light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description.